Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Good morning, Donna. Good morning. I am excited to be talking with you today. We've just had a little bit of a, a pre-chat and, uh, you know, I've got a few clues about your story, but I'm aware there's going to be lots of interesting twists and turns about how you've made your significant career change into, uh, well, from a successful career into working for yourself. And I'm really excited about exploring more of how you did it, why you did it, and finding out more about you. Amazing. There are lots of twists and turns, but thank you very much for having me today. (laughs) I can't wait to get into it. So what about, Donna, if we just start with you sharing a little bit about what is it that you do for work these days, like like now? What do you tell people it is that you do for work? Um, So basically um, I am a virtual assistant, Mm -hmm. so I own the virtual assistant, Donna Marks, Um, And basically, I specialise in social media and email marketing. Mm -hmm. And is that something that you have always sort of been interested in since, I guess, social media became a a bigger, big thing? Or how did social media come into your work life? Um, It's a a funny story. Um, I obviously am not, you know, the youngest, so I didn't grow up with social media. Okay. Um, but um, social media came about probably in the later stages of my um, corporate world mm-hmm. um, and it just became such a big thing that that's where you needed to be. Um, and moving from Brisbane up to sort of Mackay, which is a country kind of town, I found that there was a lack of oh. um, the understanding of social media. Um, and they didn't really want to embrace it. And I was kind of like, oh, come on, guys, like, you know. Get with the program. Is, yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. So um, I used to battle in, in that way um, right. with them and, and sort of worked out that, you know, people needed to be really educated about this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that um, happened for me is that in Mackay there's a lot of people that own their own businesses. They don't work for the big corporates uh-huh. um, unless, you know, you're in mining or, you know, you get into one of these big mining companies up here. Um, so a lot of people up here work for themselves. So I thought, well, what are these people doing? Because advertising on the radio has gone. Advertising on the TV's gone. Expensive. <laughs> Expensive, yes. And if you put that same sort of money into social media, then you can almost be... Um, an overnight success. Right. Um, so that sort of, you know, got my brain ticking along those lines of, so where are they? What are they doing? I can't find them. Uh-huh. So I'm intrigued and I feel like I sort of, I've got so many questions and I maybe I jumped the gun by asking you about the social media <laughs> thing first. But it sounds like you didn't, your job previously wasn't in social media. What, what no. was it that you used to do? 
I worked for international corporates doing human resources. Oh, oh, well, of course, I can see the natural link between HR and social media. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. A very, um, yes, change in direction. Yes. So, okay, so take us through then you, you had a HR role in very corporate kind of environment. How long did you do that for? Um, about 15 years. Okay, so it was really you were a, a careerist HR specialist by the sounds of it. Yes, yes. Okay, and so that was ticking along, but then then what happened? I had children. Okay. Um, was a big milestone for me um, and I kind of didn't want to go back to the stresses of having a big corporate job mm-hmm. and having two very close babies back to back. So that was my big sort of wake-up call to me Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'd be working like especially around end of financial year, pay rises, bonuses, that kind of Reviews, all of those. Exactly. I'd be working till 10, 11 o'clock at night and then in there at 7 o'clock the next morning. So that doesn't really work out when you're (laughs) a mum of two little people. No, because apparently apparently, – you can't just leave them like in the house by themselves for 12 no. hours a day. It's yeah, not, no. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it doesn't work very well. <laughs> so that sort of opened my mind of, um, you know, what I wanted to do going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew I didn't need the stress of a so-called nine to five. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, an opportunity came about where, um, you know, my husband was going further in his career and was away a lot as well. Mm -hmm. So he was missing out on the children and I wasn't particularly happy going back to work and doing all these big hours. And so something needed to change. Yeah. And so, so did you, what did you, I'm now feeling like, okay, so you're in this situation, you're flogging yourself at work, but it wasn't necessarily that you weren't enjoying the role, was it more about just the demands of the role in terms of hours and balancing that with the home life or did you have some sort of instinct around wanting to work for yourself or was what was the main sort of driver, do you think? I absolutely loved what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was a later mum in life, okay. so my career was my whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I did. I lived and breathed it. Um, and I think when I had children, I changed as a person. Right. Um, and I realised that having this big, beautiful career wasn't the be-all and end-all of my life. Mm-hmm. It was fine when I only had me to look after. Yeah. Um, but when I brought these two little people into the world, I kind of thought, oh, wow. It sort of re-educated me in what we were actually doing life mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not all about career and 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 stature and all that kind of stuff and I had a new job you know being a mum yeah so um I kind of lost the love mm-hmm. for you know that big challenge yeah um in life and I had a I, I had a new challenge yeah basically. and what's what I find really interesting in doing quite a lot of these interviews with women that have you know, got to that later stage in life and reassessed their work situation, it does seem to be that there is, there's a moment or there's something that happens where a different kind of life stage switches in and it's not necessarily always about having kids. It seems to be that's, that's obviously a significant 
uh, moment uh, with specific time frames because it's like, well, they, as you say, this person or these little people are there versus if you don't have kids, it may be a longer process. But there, there consistently seems to be this thing that for people that have loved their career, that it's been a big part of how they've got satisfaction from life is through their career. But then for whatever reason, something shifts and there becomes a different question about actually what is this all about and does this feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing or what is it that's next for me? Absolutely. And and the other thing is, is when I did actually go back to work, I thought, well, I'll just take a lesser role. Oh, yes. That's a common um, one. How did that work out? Uh, not very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. um, because I have never felt so unappreciated and undervalued in all my life. Yeah. So that was really hard for me. Yeah. Um, and it brought its whole new set of issues. Yep. And, you know, I thought, oh, well, I won't have any stress. Yeah. I won't have to work long hours. You know, I'll have some extra cash coming in. But it was really demeaning. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you shared that because I think, again, a common thing that can happen is that, you know, high-achieving women, when we have these moments, for you it was around being a mum and having a whole new role that you're playing full-time and then trying to go, okay, how does a, a paid work role fit in? For me, it was around health and I got really sick and, you know, that I'm going to say this at the risk of it not being quite right language, the, the first port of call, the step, the sort of easiest way of, of managing it that our brains seem to go to is I'll just either step down in the type of role, I'll drop the number of days I'm doing, I'm I'm trying to just sort of reduce the level and that will magically make it all okay. Yes. And, and very often it doesn't. I'm sure for some people they do find a way to make it work, but I just feel like for a lot of women that I've spoken to and certainly for myself that the downsides of downsizing your role are actually way worse than you know, just maintaining what you were doing or making a significant change elsewhere. But I, maybe it's a step that we have to go through to test. I don't know. But it's, um, I think it is one of those common things that we, we, we test out and often, unfortunately, it doesn't work out. Absolutely agree. Mm. Looking back in hindsight, though, that's probably what made me then jump ship. Yeah, right. Because I was so unhappy. Yeah, and look, I also think, and I'm, I'm, you know, big on speculating and creating theories about this, but there's part of me that really does believe that as human beings, it seems that we need something as a significant catalyst to make yes. us make the move because yes. otherwise it's too easy. It's too comfortable to just keep, um, you know, muddling through or having a bit of a whinge about it but not really doing anything about it. And it's like we need this external excuse or this something significant enough to give us permission to say, you know what, Donna, you could quit. And, yes. it, and it is, I, I'm, I'm convinced, I'm still exploring this theory, but I'm convinced that yes. as human beings, we actually need this. We need either the universal boot, we need something yes. that's going to be this defining line in the concrete moment that makes you go, okay, now I can justify this choice. Yes. So yes. I wish it wasn't that way. Uh, no. <laughs> and I'm going to keep campaigning to not make it that way for anybody. But I feel like that sort of seems to be a very common theme. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 
So you're feeling undervalued, unappreciated in this role that you thought was going to be so super cushy uh, and it, yeah. it got you to the point of making the decision to leave. So how did you go about that? Did you, what, what reason did you give or did you make some other kind of change in the role or did you just go cold turkey and say I'm out? Um, after much um, deliberation with my husband, and I went and saw a psychic mm -hmm. and she told me that I was going to own my own business and I thought she was absolutely mad. Oh. Um, and then... Um, I love the I, fact that you went and saw her. Yes, you talked with your husband, but you also saw a psychic. Yes, okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, funny, funny story. And then um, I rang up and I was dismally unhappy for probably, I remember these two significant weeks and I just said to him, I rang him up and I said, I just can't do this anymore. And you know what he said? He said, so what, quit. Oh, I'm loving he your husband my, right now. He was my biggest supporter and I was actually quite surprised um, because, I mean, I've never really been a quitter at anything, you yeah. know, that just makes me more determined to make it work. Yeah. Um, but he said, just quit, retire, the kids are going to love it. And I'm like, really? No, I can't. And then all these little emotions came in and my head started chattering and I was like, can I really do this? Can I not do this? We're not going to have any money. Um, you know, and then you start talking about and getting, you know, pulled in all these different ways. And I went, you know what? I am really unhappy. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what he said to me. He said, your happiness is our priority for the kids and for me being away just go and retire. I just want to give him a big hug right now. Good so husband. I, yeah, so I know. And it shocked me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I pretty much typed up my resignation when I came back from lunch and I handed it in. Right Wowzers. Yep. Good on you. And yeah. so so you. one thing I want to pick up that you just mentioned there um, that I'm curious about is that your husband said just quit, retire. Yes. And so was that the plan that you were, you were quitting that job and, and it wasn't about I'm going to go and find another job and it wasn't about, oh, I've got this great business idea. It was I'm going to quit this and be a full-time mum. Yes. So what happened Initially, to that? Initially, <laughs> I got bored. <laughs> okay. Six, six weeks into my retirement, I um, started thinking about ways I could help these businesses. Okay. What? What? Because Sorry, can I just check? You uh, you were living in Mackay at this time? Yes. Okay. So as I said a little bit earlier, a lot of people own their own businesses up here. Um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs up here, beautiful lifestyle coaches, PTs, pediatricians, photographers, um, all sorts. Um, a lot of, you know, people that have gone into, you know, helping the minds as well, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I did a bit of a re bit of research, as you do. Yes. Because um, you get bored. Yes. Um, and I thought, how do these businesses that can't afford to operate out of an office get help doing their administration? Mm -hmm. And this was how it all started. And I was like... Okay, so me going on Facebook, couldn't find a lot of them. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So my mind just boggled. 
And I thought, I think I can do a business doing something like this. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can just type people's documents. Like maybe, you know, if they're out doing their thing and doing the sales and all the rest of it, yep. who's helping them doing, do their administration? Mm -hmm. So that's where the idea started. And so was it literally just from you being in Mackay, looking around, you know, noticing, I guess, literally in the street or around wherever, that there's all these businesses and your brain, because it was so bored, just started think <laughs> thinking about how they run their business? Yes. Or was there any particular conversation that you had or anything? Or this is just the, the synapses in your brain connecting some dots because it was very bored and looking for distraction? Um, yes. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I very much think so. I, yeah. Look, you know, if I'm not doing something, I get bored really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I was kind of like, because my husband kind of worked from home, but mm -hmm. he worked for a big business. So he didn't have any help doing his administration. And he'd, he'd ask me, he'd say, oh, can you help me out? And I'm like, oh, the biggest eye roll ever. Um <laughs> You know, and that kind of got me thinking. And I, because virtual assistants aren't a thing up here. Okay. Like we're, as I said, we're we're a bit country. We're a bit behind the times up here. Um, you know, as we're in the bigger cities, you know, everybody's got a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even really know what one was. Yes. Um, until a couple of years ago. You know, you're not a, not alone with that. And and I'm based in Sydney and I actually work with lots of business owners of varying sizes. And I have found that a lot of people may have heard the term virtual assistant, but they don't necessarily understand what it is that one does or who would use one and what for. So how yes. how do you explain what a virtual assistant is? Well, I believe that a being a virtual assistant isn't actually a job title. Mm -hmm. I actually believe it's an industry. Right. Um, and the reason I say that is because you can have a virtual assistant to do absolutely anything. So there are bookkeeper VAs out there. There are VAs like myself that just specialise in social media and email marketing. There are VAs that can help you with podcasts. There are VAs that will help you only with your typing of your documents, mm -hmm. um, you know, ones that are PAs that will go and do your shopping and your dry cleaning and, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and, you know, there's there's VAs that, you know, can do your photography, that can do your videography. Um, you know what I mean? So there's, yes. there's it, it's such a big range of things um, and you can talk to some VAs and they will do the lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's it's a really viable way for business owners um, to have a virtual assistant, especially if they can't afford the office space. Yes. Um, and they pay them on an hourly rate mm -hmm. um, and they don't have all the overheads that go mm -hmm. on top of that. Yeah, great. Awesome. And I think, you know, what I actually really like about that distinction is referring to it as not a job title, it's an industry. And I think that is a fantastic insight because, of exactly what you've said, the, the huge scope of what a virtual assistant might do for someone and there isn't a one-size-fits-all. So actually having that as a title is probably incorrect or it's about saying I'm a virtual assistant specialising in blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and the funny thing is, is I've told people in the beginning that I was a virtual assistant and you'd see them glaze over in embarrassment like, so what is that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm so, going to, I really want to get into that. Uh, but firstly, I want to find out. So you, your mind is ticking over because you're a high achiever who has um, created enough time and space to be bored, which I think is such a gift. We are so always on, especially as, as you know, high achieving workaholics to a certain extent. Yeah. There's always so much going on that it's rare to give yourself enough time for true boredom to kick in. And boredom is often uh, what's needed in order for insight and creativity to show itself. And I think your story is a great example of that where everyone thinks, oh, I just want to retire early. But then they go, well, how long will it be? For some people, it might be a couple of weeks. Maybe for someone else, it might be a couple of months. But at some point, for most people, boredom is going to kick in and you're going to want to be doing something with your time. So you're on this curiosity mission. How are these businesses that work for themselves, that don't have an office, they're out doing their consulting or PT or their photography or whatever, who's helping them with the admin and running of the actual business? So that's where your mind is going. How did, how did you then get started? Um, I basically got my laptop out. And I uh, had a phone and I had the internet and I literally um, built a Facebook page and off I went. So you had three things, your laptop, your phone and the internet. Yes. And that was your business startup. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. So So it was very, very low cost. We call that lean, I think. Yes, very lean, very <laughs> lean, lean. Lean startup. Yeah. And so um, what was going through your mind? I'm just curious before we go too far into the down the rabbit hole. Yeah. In terms of did you have any kind of concerns about starting to do your own thing or were you just sort of taking an approach of I'm just curious so I'm just going to explore or, or what was the, like when you think about the mindset or the energy that you were feeling about this potential new phase of working for yourself what sort of things were you thinking and feeling about it I was petrified uh, I thought you I were going to say I was so calm about it. why were you petrified I was petrified because I guess of probably the failure mm-hmm. and that I was putting myself out there doing something that I'd absolutely never done before yeah because I knew I was good working for somebody else but yeah. I didn't know that or if I was going to be good working for myself. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing that made it so easy for me to start was because I didn't have all those those costs involved. Like I didn't have to go out and get a premise. I didn't have to go and hire staff. I didn't have to put all this money out there initially to start a presence. Yes. Um, so... Um, you know, I YouTubed a lot of stuff. I, I got my education sort of down pat on what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that went from, you know, getting into marketing strategies and all that kind of stuff. Um, and as I said, I, I started a Facebook page and that's where it all began. Wow. And so how did you, so you set up the Facebook page. How did you start to communicate to people what it was that you were doing or offering given that there is still a little bit of, uh, I guess, lack of general awareness 
of what a virtual assistant is. How are you positioning yourself? I The way I went about it was to play on these small businesses' emotions <laughs> um, because I knew my husband wanted me to work for him and do all this free, you know, admin sort of stuff for him because he didn't have anybody. Yep. And I knew his frustration um, because he couldn't get anybody in the office to do it as well. So this is uh, one of my mottos was, you know, the virtual assistant will make your life easier. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of um, um, marketed, I guess, if you could say, even yep. though I didn't know it was marketing at the time. Yes. Um, played on their emotions and saying, you know, do you need somebody to help you do the stuff that you don't have time to do being an entrepreneur? You've got all these other massive things that you need to be thinking about. Why are you spending hours typing documents yep. or, you know, doing just data entry. data entry that you could give to somebody for a fraction of the cost of probably what your hourly rate is um, and let them see the benefits that way. Yeah. So that's how I, I really got the message out. Yeah, nice. Fantastic. And and so what happened? You've, you've got this Facebook page. You're starting to put yourself out there. How, how have things been going? Amazing. Really? Um, for somebody that thought that they'd be typing people's documents, um, quickly found out that um, they didn't really need help with the typing of their documents. They needed help with social media. Mm-hmm. How did that how did that reveal itself to you? Um, because people were getting in touch with me going, Yep, love everything you're saying, I'm so there, I'm I am this business owner that needs help. Mm-hmm. But I need help with my social media. Everyone says you've got to be on social media. Right. And I'm like, Yep, so do. <laughs> <laughs> so that opened my eyes again to go you know what, I don't really want to be typing documents actually. Um, I want to do the fun stuff. I want to help, you know, entrepreneurs get out there and build a business targeting their audience um, and being successful online. Mm-hmm. What I love about that, Donna, is that you you saw this opportunity and, you know, put it out there to say I'm here and I can help you do the stuff that you don't want to do so you can get on with you know higher value activity so you knew there was a broad need there but you also weren't so fixed and attached to what it was going to be like the typing of the documents or the pure admin side that you didn't notice the common theme of what people kept saying to you that they needed or what they wanted help with because I think some people can kind of get a bit too locked in to an idea and not be responsive to the market but you've done it really well uh, even as you said without realizing that it's marketing is what you're doing of, of realizing you saw the frustration that your husband had and you saw the way in in terms of speaking to the frustration yeah lo- looking at the emotions but then you kept an, an open mind to be responsive to what the market was telling you they actually wanted sometimes we can just i want to sell you this thing but being open to find out, well, what is it that they think that they want or need and can I do that? Am I open to that? And this is, you know, I guess opened up a whole different direction for you. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, I mean, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I mean, I had the HR background. I was like, could help people, hire people. Yeah. You know, I can do your policies and procedures. I mean, that was my, you know, thing. I thought, well, I've got an admin background. I can, I can do that. Um, but then realised very quickly that, you know, people wanted to be, you know, and and for business owners, the the biggest struggle is. A lot of them aren't technically minded or salesy or marketing people. Mm. They're, you know, they're an expert in their field yeah. and they don't know how to do this stuff um, and they can't afford, you know, to go to an agency, um, a marketing agency and pay thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. um, for them to do literally sort of the same kind of thing. Mm. Um so, yeah, I, I found out that a lot of people needed, you know, help getting an online presence. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you mentioned that you, you'd obviously been exposed to social media later in your career, but it wasn't a core function of yours. So from a, a skill knowledge gap perspective, how did you tackle that? Um, researched and researched and researched. Right. I mean, I knew how to use it in a personal way because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was on Facebook and, you know, I'd been on LinkedIn, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, but I didn't know the strategies behind it. I didn't know how you could use it in a way that um, I teach other people to use it now. Yeah. Um, and, and just you know, getting into groups and listening to people and um, that kind of thing was a real eye-opener for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I had to do the extra work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was something I loved. Yeah, you know, great. I couldn't get enough of it. Um, it was, and it beat typing people's documents. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. I loved it, yeah. And I think that's great because sometimes when people are looking at making some this sort of move into a very different industry, often there is some sort of knowledge or skill gap and people will tell themselves, oh, you know, I have to go and do a training course, I have to go back to uni or I have to, you know, do whatever this training is. And in some situations that may be the right thing to do. And when you're so early in your business and you're still evolving what the business is actually going to be, sometimes that may not be necessary, that really the best thing you can do is actually just get in and get started, which is what it sounds like you did. Absolutely. Um, the, the thing is, like, when people ask me to do stuff and I didn't know how to do them, I'd be like, I haven't done, I was quite honest, I haven't done it before, mm-hmm. but I'm going to find out. Yep. Um, and then I would just seriously go to YouTube, um, you know, all that kind of stuff and just research, research, research. Yeah. I love um, the fact that you were open and transparent about the fact you weren't misrepresenting yourself as, oh, I'm, I'm totally a, a social media expert and I understand every strategy and every functionality and you, you weren't saying that to people but you were being upfront because I think there's a certain comfort in that that still if I'm a photographer and I just love taking photographs of people, you're leaps ahead of me in a social media world, even if you don't know it all, because you want to find out. I don't. I just want the end result. And I'm happy to have somebody else go and do the heavy lifting for me. Yes. Yep. 
So I think and sometimes people get really fixated on feeling like if I don't know everything, if I'm not an absolute expert, then I can't sell my services in that space. What would you say to that? I have this philosophy um, that, and, and I say it a lot, done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that. Like, you know, when I first started getting on social media myself, it wasn't perfect. It was far from perfect. Um, but it didn't matter because at the end of the day, my message was there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you wait for perfection, like if I waited for perfection, I mean, I'm a perfectionist. Um, if I waited for absolute perfection, it will stop you from yeah. doing um, because you will trip up and I have tripped up. Yeah. Um, but perfection can almost lead you down to failure as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, like I look back on some of my earlier stuff and I, I think, oh, gosh, what was I thinking <laughs> that day? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, like it's not about me and me being perfect. It is about, you know, I've got a message and, you know, I've seen that people need help and that's kind of where I've come from, mm. you know. My HR background, I got into it because I wanted to help people. And it's the same sort of thing now. Like I've got a really good understanding of social media now and, look, I'm still learning every day because it's changing all the time and, yeah. and all the rest of it and people want to do new things and that's my industry that I've gotten into. But I love it. And you know what? I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to be perfect at it mm. because it changes so much. But I do the best I possibly can and that's all that, you know, you can ask for. Yeah. Because until you are an expert, it's almost like you kind of need to be a bit of an actress, you know. You've got to find this confidence from somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I tell people, like, you know, like I get my clients to go on lives and they're like, no, 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 <laughs> I can't do that. And I'm like, you've got to find it from within, you know. You can do this. This isn't about you and because people don't care what you look like. Yep. It's it's about your message and you trying to help people and, and talk to the right people and talk to the right audience and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And generally if they're passionate about what they want to do, that gets them every time. They're like, yeah, I do have a message. Yeah. Yes, I do want to help people. Mm-hmm. And if they can just get past that inner critic, that voice that's holding them back, then they're more likely to reach more people. Yes. Mm. That's yeah. absolutely right. And you know what? I wasn't doing all the right things and I wasn't perfect. But you know what? I gave it a red hot crack. Yeah. And you know what? Like I can't look back. Yeah. You know, it's the best thing I ever did. And you've learnt a lot along the way, even from the things that weren't per- In fact, you probably have learnt more from the things that didn't go to plan or didn't go as well as you wanted them to than the things that, you know, worked really well. Absolutely. So I'm curious, you've started this business and it seems like it's sort of, you know, landed really well with your audience pretty quickly. What was the reaction of of people in your life? So I guess your husband, other friends or family when they heard that, hey, she's not retired anymore. She's starting (laughs) her own business. How did people respond to that? Um, My husband was very supportive. He was like, well, if that's what you want to do. Um, (laughs) But uh, I remember um, almost convincing him that it wasn't going to be one of these, you know, things that I was going to take by the horns and um, do 24-7. Oh, it wasn't going to be a big thing. 
No, it was mm. just going to be a few hours a day that I could, you know, sit back and, and enjoy the kids and take them to their after-school activities uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff um, and that, you know, I just have a little bit of, you know, money on the side that, you know, we could have to spend on activities and all that kind of stuff and yeah. coffee dates yeah. and that kind of thing. You just but tinker away in this sort yeah. of on-the-side hobby little business. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, have this beautiful little, um, you know, business that I could, you know, meet people and yeah. it was a good way of getting out and yeah. that, that kind of thing. Um, but quickly <laughs> that um, sort of changed to me being booked out within um, about three months, just under three months it was. Wow. Like booked out. <laughs> Run off my feet. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Doing a lot more than a couple of hours a day. Yeah. And so you getting to that point that quickly is fantastic and it's absolutely feedback to you that your messaging was bang on, your offer was really right for the market and that there was a genuine need there, which is great. Uh, but then you're in that situation, I imagine, of, of being maxed out to then go, well, what do I do now? Do I increase my prices? Do I expand? Like what were the, I guess, the thoughts that went through your mind at that point, having not realised that that would happen so soon? I went through all those emotions. <laughs> I was like, right, I've got to get a team on board. I've got to increase my prices, um, you know, and then I was getting the feedback. I, I went to this retreat last year and there was other VAs doing different things and um, they were saying to me, oh, no, no, you, you're undercutting yourself. You're underselling yourself. And, all, you know, so I went through all those emotions as well mm-hmm. um, of like, oh, my God, all these people are getting this me for a bargain and I'm working my butt off yep. and, you know, all of that. So then I had to quickly deal with all of those emotions mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the mindset that comes along with that. And now I have a fabulous VA who works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit of a rocky road um, to try and get the right person. Yes. Um, and it wasn't easy because I am such a perfectionist, I yes. guess, um, to let go of something that I'd worked so hard over so many months. Um, but I had to get back to my why mm-hmm. of why I was doing this. And I remember um, a couple of holidays, school holidays ago, and basically for the two weeks, my kids didn't really do a lot because I was so busy working. Yeah. And it was a real eye-opener for me to go, okay, I need to step back and, you know, now I am one of those people that I was helping so I needed to look <laughs> I needed to look outside my little box and go, I need to outsource. Yeah. So I need to get a VA and I need to lift my prices and, and all of that. But I, I really struggled with that. Mm-hmm. And so now I know how it feels for these business owners as well that it is a scary thing to do is to outsource. Yeah. And, look, Donna, I actually think it is perfect for you because you do now have these new reference points that previously you didn't have that expands your empathy for the, the clients that you're wanting to work with. You've been through it yourself as a small business owner and so you can bring that perspective to the way you interact, the way you package things. 
uh, the way you communicate about the struggles and the concerns that they would have. So I actually think all of this is just perfect to help set you up to continue to serve your audience even better. Oh, absolutely. It was a real eye-opener. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A real eye-opener. But Mm -hmm. as you said, yeah, absolutely. I understand their pains now even more. Yeah. One of the things I want to pick up on, because it does come up in every conversation, no matter where uh, someone is at in making this sort of career transition to working for themselves, uh, is the part that money plays in the decision-making process. So for you at the various stages you you mentioned earlier the first thought that when your husband said we'll just quit one of the first thoughts that you had was what will happen we won't have this income anymore we you know where where's the money going to be coming from so it's it's a factor right at the beginning when you're considering it and then when you're starting it it's like okay how much money am I going to need to invest to get started how long will it take before I'm earning anything then how long will it take before I'm earning enough? And then how much am I charging? Like there's so many different touch points where money is a factor. How do you think you approach those? Were there struggles that you know that you had to get through or that you still have? Absolutely. Um, Look, we're not by any means rich. We've got bills just like everybody else. Um, I think the big thing for me is when I took the lesser roles, my wage was probably the equivalent of childcare. Okay. And after school care. Yep. Um, so that was the big factor for us is that are we any better off me actually working? Mm. Uh, you know, I had to really stop and think about the kids. Like I didn't have kids for other people to bring up. Yeah. So it was very similar, the childcare and and the wage. And that's why he sort of said to me, well, I mean, from a male perspective, that's like a no-brainer. Yeah. Why wouldn't you stay at home? Yeah. Um, But I always worked and that's where I was comfortable. So, you know, for us, there there was that. And so anything I earned, I guess, was a bonus because we wouldn't then have to put the kids into after school care and and childcare and things like that, which was really expensive. Um, If I'm going to do something, I want to be successful. Yeah. Um, So I've always had that drive and I don't half-ass things. I'm getting (laughs) that vibe from you, yes. Um, Yeah, so um, for me, I guess my business um, has been wonderful in that respect. Like we wouldn't have been able to go on family holidays like we have been able to go on. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really the fact that you've not just retired, you've actually started the business and have an income coming in from it so quickly has, has you know, contributed from a lifestyle point of view in the family. Absolutely. What yes. about What about the psychological challenges, if any, that you touched on around your setting your pricing? Because this is something that a lot of women struggle with when they start to work for themselves is is their relationship with money and charging for their services. So you, how did you set your prices originally? Um, I just, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people go, but you've got to cover your superannuation and you've got to cover your taxes and you've got to do this. And I was like, yeah, but the way I sort of thought of it 
about it was, okay, well, I think I am X amount per hour mm-hmm. and would people pay for this? Yeah. So I, you know, I started off on $30 an hour. Yeah, right. So and then, you know, that was okay for people to pay because they were happy to pay that because they were probably billing out $150 an hour mm-hmm. for, a, for a massage or something. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So, you know, it was a no-brainer. Um, and then it wasn't until I started to get booked out and, you know, I started getting these good reviews and people were referring me and, and I and you know, I literally had no more hours in the day um, to work for anybody else that I thought, okay, and you listen to these podcasts and, you know, and they're all saying up your rates and up your rates and then I thought, but what if no one comes? What if I lose all my clients? <laughs> You know, so I struggled a lot with that. Yeah. Um, and then I'd put my rates up $5. A whole $5. Excellent. A whole $5. Yes. Because, you know, I was in this mindset, well, $5 isn't much, but if I do $10, then, oh, maybe could, they won't Could be, be a bit too much. That. Yes. Okay. You know, but then I, I wouldn't take my own advice if these people are earning $150 per hour. Mm. So it's still a no-brainer, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really struggled with that, and I I had to get some coaching. Yeah. Um, around that. Good on um, you. That, you know, maybe those people aren't the right people for you. Yep. You know, maybe they don't value what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, I've lost a couple of clients, but I've also gained some amazing ones too. Yeah. And um, I... and you're not everyone's people. Yeah. Love hearing you say that. that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've sometimes you outgrow people too, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you've got to be on your journey. And if you lose some, it just creates more space for the people that are right for you. Yes. And I feel like that's, that's such an important message and I wish that people could hear it earlier uh, in, in their process. And I'm not suggesting that everyone has to go straight out of the gate and be charging a super premium rate, especially if they're in an industry where they're still learning. And potentially it is another one of those, you know, processes that we have to go through that that you start and your early pricing is going to be lower than it's going to end up because you're getting your first clients, you're getting case studies and testimonials, you're refining what it is that you're offering. And there's benefit in that. And part of the um, offset of getting paid a lower amount is the value of the learnings and and the testimonials and things and you can incrementally increase your pricing from there so i think the biggest takeout for me is the message around the importance of not undervaluing and undercharging for the product or service that you're delivering and that if you feel like there are some roadblocks or limitations there to get some external support whether it's coaching or whatever uh, flavor of support it is that you need to help cut through some of those money limitations because you are this is a business it's not a hobby and that you need to be making sure that you are being appropriately remunerated for the expertise you're bringing even if you're new in that area like you were you were also bringing 15 years of experience in corporate HR, high-level executive role, there's value in that too, even though you're not delivering the same service. So I think it's the money one is something that I think a lot of people don't like talking about, but I think it's really important too, even around the challenges around figuring out your pricing and then working out when and how to increase your prices and the pros and cons and all of that. So thank you for sharing 
um, your perspective around how you tackled those things. Yeah, um, no, you're welcome. It, and it is really important that it's not what you're doing right now. Mm. It's, you know, I can write people co- people's content because I've had that experience, that corporate background. Yeah. I know how to write yes. and I write quite well. Yes. You know what I mean? But it's because of my previous experience that I can write. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not about what you're doing and, okay, you might only have six months or a year or two years experience in what you're actually doing in, in your new business, but it's all those years of experience that bring to you what you are doing now yeah for and, sure and a lot of us forget about that and they've got to pay for that yes agree agree so if people want to find out more about you what you offer and connect with you where should they go how do people find out about you okay so um i have a website mm-hmm. which is um www.thevirtualassistant.net.au mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also on Facebook as the virtual assistant Donna Marks. Nice. I've had I've got Instagram and LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. So we will make sure to include those links in the show notes so people can get online, check you out, see what it is that you and your team offer, uh, awesome. and, and to uh, you know potentially connect with you. But as we finish up, are there any final tips or thoughts that you've got of things that you think would be useful or valuable for someone who perhaps is listening who's still working they're either really not happy or got health challenges or a lifestyle change thinking about going out and doing something different working for themselves what sort of tips or thoughts have you got for them my it's a bit cliche but (laughs) um just do it. Um, and I love that because I just did it. Yeah. Um, and I had no idea what I was getting myself in, into. Um, and I don't think I, even though I thought about it and thought I knew what I was getting myself into, I really had no idea. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes you can be perfectly imperfect mm-hmm. um, or, you know, imperfectly perfect. Yeah. So, um, what I would say is give it a good hot go, you yeah. know, and, and talk to your families about it because and your friends and tell everybody about it and don't don't be ashamed of it because you never know who can help you. Yeah. You know, like your friends, your family, your family's friends, all of that kind of stuff. And and it'll be really amazing to find out who is actually really supportive. Like You know, like I've met some amazing women in business that I would never have met if um, I wasn't out on my own Mm -hmm. um, that have been super supportive um, and given me tips and tricks along the way and refer me to people and, you know, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful community out there. I I never even thought about this sort of stuff when I was working. Like I didn't even know this existed. Yes. Um, But it's amazing how many people come on board and are willing to give you a hand. Um, And, you know, that's why I'm starting to help other VAs and and that in my school that I've I've just um, started because I want to help and I want to give back as well and I want this reality for mums wanting to go out on their own, make it a reality mm-hmm. um, instead of having to be tied to their nine to five and be miserable in their careers. Yeah, um, fantastic. Because 
I think women can, you know, are going to take over and, and you know, I, I honestly believe that we can truly have it all. Yeah, I hear. But I'm now curious, you just, you know, drop that little chestnut. What do you mean the school that you have just started? What's that? Is that just a new part of the business or something? Yes. I... <laughs> I um yeah sorry I did just drop that in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was I was thinking about helping other women. So what I'm doing is because I've been so successful um, with being booked out and my business, I am have put a course together, um, the VA uh, startup business uh, program, um, uh, where if you're thinking about making the switch from your nine to five. Um, into being a virtual assistant, I can absolutely help you do that. Mm -hmm. So it's a six-week program and I help you get your contracts together, your systems together, how to make a business on social media, get yourself an email list um, and I've got scripts and all sorts of things involved there. Um, Everything I know is in the course. Fantastic. We will make sure to include information about that. So for anyone who's curious and interested, they can check that out. And so great that you're looking to uh, pass on all of your learned expertise to help others do the same. No, that's great. Thank you. I'd love that. Yeah, Um, awesome. Yeah, I just feel like I've got to a stage where I can help others to make that transition a little bit more easier. Yeah, awesome. I'm a big supporter. Donna, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us and to share your insights and your story. And I know that people that are listening will have gotten some good ideas about how they can just just get started and to be open to what the uh, action that they take is going to help them clarify. And I think that's one of the big takeouts that I've got from listening to you is you know just taking the action and being open to then go, okay, what's next and what direction will I go and Uh, to see how things evolve from there and I want to congratulate you for your success that you've had which is amazing and wish you all the best with continuing the growth of your business. Thank you very much yes it's been very exciting and I'm absolutely thrilled Um, but I'm just so glad I did it. Yeah fantastic thanks Donna. Thank you. So that completes another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. I hope you liked it And if you are thinking about working for yourself one day or want to start and grow your own business, then I'd love to invite you to come and join our private Facebook group. It's called Career Change, Start and Grow Your Own Business. So just go to Facebook, search for that and connect with others who are on the same path so you can share insights, challenges and questions to help each other create a work life that you love. I look forward to seeing you there.